Welcome back to Kicking It with Kelsey. I am so excited about this season as a whole, but um, this particular episode is going to be the beginning of a series that I'm starting called Daddy Issues. And my guest today, like I've been trying to get this so episode <laughs> done since last season, a year ago. Okay, so um, I believe in divine order. So I'm mm-hmm. thankful that, you know, we were brought here now and we're going to get straight into it. Yes. Um, I'm going to let my beautiful guest um, <laughs> introduce herself really quickly. My yeah. name is Elle, uh, Elle Brianna, and I am a uh, influencer, I guess, but I am more so just... Um, the voice of the voiceless, I call myself. So I just yes. want to always just educate the people, be an educator, and be an inspiration to people in the community. My Instagram is the Elmatic View um, because I want to be like Nas, the best album of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and first of all, you be a real humble. You are more than an influencer. I am just. Uh, I'm a furrier. I am a party promoter. I'm a, a bartender, an actress. Um, <laughs> I want to be a storyteller. That's my biggest thing. Is just to tell stories that we are uncomfortable sharing and telling like these today. Yeah. And so that's my start with either acting and blogging and podcasting. Um, it's just like I said, be a voice to the voiceless. Yeah, and I love it so much. I think um, it was a couple of years ago when I first started following you. Um. I think it might have been an interview. I'm not sure. Maybe you just sharing, you know, on social media, you always seem like super transparent. Mm -hmm. And that was something that kind of drew me to you, excuse me, and hearing your story a little bit. And I was like, man, like you just never really know what people have experienced by just looking at them. And we was like just talking about that before we start recording. But um, so I just thought that you would be perfect for this series. And I appreciate you for thinking of me. And we do have similar stories. We shared that years ago, just brief yeah. and passing. Mm-hmm. But I think being transparent is therapy. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing to hide. You can't tell nothing about me that I already told about myself. And Absolutely. I think that um, it just helps you just deal with with the now, you know, yeah. and even just the past. It's just in order to deal, in order to heal, you have to deal. And mm-hmm. that's just acknowledging and accepting what has happened and what's going to happen. Yeah. So um, basically, I'm going to give an overall summary of what um, my expectations are for this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's such a negative stigma around the phrase, you know, daddy issues. You know, like guys have used it against us, like people have used yes. it against women, yes. you know, who have either had an absent father, have a father who is not in their life, mm-hmm. rather by, you know, um, incarceration or by death or by just being absent. So I want to kind of... Um, or absentee. That's something we don't talk about much either. Yeah. The father in the household that has no relationship with the children. Absolutely. So um, what I want to do is kind of diminish that that negative stigma and, you know, empower women to know that even though, you know, you didn't have your dad or you didn't have your mother or whatever, you know, it's still um, a lot of purpose within your life. And being Mm -hmm. able to healthily, you know, unpack that trauma. And not just being like, oh, this is normal in our culture. You know, in our culture, it's it's pretty normal for it a is. father to not be in household. So yep. that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, I know that our stories are very similar, you know, having fathers who were, you know, in the streets and, you know, passing at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Something that also comes with that lifestyle and having to see that lifestyle. Um, it was crazy. You know, like uh, oftentimes I feel like for me, that's not something that I really shared with the world because it was so, when I was so young and it was so much other trauma going on in my life that I never really got a chance to unpack it. So within this last year, um, I've really embraced that part of me, you know, and just looked at it straight for what it is. Like, okay, um, me not having my dad has affected, you know, my relationships or it has affected the way that, um, 
I show up in friendships and the way that I show up in the world. So that was something that I had to unpack literally in therapy this year mm -hmm. to even be at a place now where I'm like, okay, I can talk about this. Therapy is so important. Mm -hmm. I've been going since I was 12. When my dad got killed, my family physician was like, she needs to go to therapy. And at the time, my mother wasn't receptive to it, thinking I would tell her too much or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that was her own insecurities about her own parenting as well at the time. Um, and my mother did the very best that she could considering, you know, she had seen my dad shot up 10 times and yeah. he was a horrible cheater. She had had two children. It was just a lot of things, you know, being a young woman herself. When my dad passed, she was um, 30. So that's my age. That's our age now. That's a yeah. lot to deal with. You know what I'm saying? So I look back now, I don't resent her. But at the time, it was a lot to deal with. And um, I've always gone back and forth with therapy because I feel like even it's, it's essential to even maintain healthy thoughts. Not even because you can't put everything off on your friends. You can't put because sometimes you can't show up. Like you said, yeah. you got your own stuff going on. So sometimes you can always call your mama or your sister or your brother. You pay this person <laughs> to listen to you and, you know, look at both sides of the story and give you the best advice that they can. And I think that everyone in the black community should try it and stop shunning it. Um, because it's not just about trauma. It's not just, it's like I said, it's to also maintain healthy thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. And just to, it's just a release sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I Me think too. I might talk about that on every, every yes. episode. Um, because that's another thing in our culture. When I was younger, even I was opposed to therapy because I'm like, this is, this is a complete stranger. Like, I don't want to go in there and tell them how I feel. Like, I don't even really know how I feel. They're going to tell you crazy. The first exactly. thing your friends and your peers and your family are going to say, oh, she crazy. You know, yes. I was always getting that, you know, she got issues. Like, mm -hmm. no, actually I don't. I actually know how to deal with mine and you don't. Right, and I smart. was I was on a journey uh, speaking of daddy issues. I felt like I was dealing with a guy that was like almost a mirror image of my father in certain ways, that the not not the good part of my dad. <laughs> and um, I found myself wanting to fix him before he fell into um, his demise, like my father did. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about that relationship was that I went back to writing poetry, which I started once my father passed. It helped me get through the trauma. And I uh, started back writing, but I wanted to go to a therapist that was a black male because I felt like I needed some positive reinforcement from a black man. And I didn't find that even with my therapist. Um, mm -hmm. I ended up finding it with a white woman because who's aligned with you is who aligned with you, regardless of their color, regardless yeah. of their gender, regardless of their what they've been through in their life. Um, when God sends people to you and they're literally the conversations are effortless. She's all into the sun and moon and the stars and she's like a hippie and just free spirited. Mm -hmm. And then she also like jots down things I say because she's like, oh, you know, she's like, you're really intuitive. You're really mm -hmm. smart. And it's just a person that you just vibe with. And it doesn't always have to do with, like I said, your race or your gender. Mm -hmm. um, I also had to go back and say I had a grandfather that was a positive, that was positive, that raised me, that loved me. Um, so I didn't always have it super bad, but with my dad, I always felt abandoned in a way. Like he chose mm -hmm. the streets over me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like he knew what, what you know what, what he was doing, and he had went to college at one point. My dad was only 18 credits away from his from his bachelor's. So mm -hmm. I felt like you chose this life, and then that yeah. life took you from me. So I was in a depression for 10 years of my life, literally. Um, until I realized, I listened to a song by Jay-Z called uh, Battle for the Fallen Soldiers. And he says, he might not always make the right choice, understand, but if your choice that he make, he make it for his fam. So it was then I was like, he made his choices for me to have a better life the best that he could. Yeah. So who am I to be angry at you for only doing what you knew how to do in certain ways? And he didn't have a father. And his mother wasn't the best mother. And he's one of nine children. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like... I took all that anger away. I mean, I would go to his, I remember I went to his gravesite and I cursed at him and I was crying. And I was like in the dirt and just like, how could you leave me to 
figure out how to deal with men on my own. How could you, you know, deal with life on my own? I've been through two bad relationships yeah. that I had was looking for someone to love me where I needed to love myself. Mm-hmm. And it was like I didn't have a dad that didn't love me either, but I do remember at a point when he started getting money and he wasn't around like he was. And I remember he told me, and I'm honest, you know, my dad, I love my daddy, but he wasn't shit. You know what I'm saying? He had got a young girlfriend, they had a kid, and he told me, I'm with my family. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm your oldest child. Like, what you mean about your family? Yeah. And I was, that fucked me up. And I just remember even with dating guys, I hated rejection. Mm-hmm. I hated getting turned away. Uh, if you rejected me, I would lash out. Or later on, I would shun myself. Like, I wouldn't deal with you. Um, it was a lot. That's all I can say. It was a lot. And it was after my first boyfriend, we had went through a lot of trauma. And I and I realized I put a lot on him. I wanted him to fill a void that he could not feel, that only mm-hmm. I could feel through asking God to heal me and to give me strength. And... um. My grandfather passed, who was another father figure for me. And I was like, if if I can get through his death, I can lead his relationship. And then that's when I started the automatic view from there. Because I just needed to tell everybody, you're not alone. I'm yeah. Okay, I'm a cute girl. I go out and have a good time. I, you know, I dress nice, all that kind of stuff. But I am deeply broken, and I'm just like you. And don't think mm-hmm. that you are alone. Don't think that you know people haven't suffered from rape or molestation or abuse or um, imagery issues or looking at yourself and my body shaming. I've... All of those things. And I could take those cute pictures on Instagram mm-hmm. and look through and be like, oh, this cellulite is awful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, nobody's perfect. And I think a lot of that came from not having my dad at the time to be like, yeah. you're beautiful, you're, beautiful, you're pretty. Yeah. You know, going through high school, middle school, going through a depression where I was chunky because mm-hmm. I was overeating because my mother and father had broken up. And I looked just like my dad. So my mom mistreated me for a while. Yeah, You know what I mean? And I, I just want to commend you because even just sitting here listening to you, it's like, you're speaking from a place of resilience. And it's like Thank everything you. that you're saying, you're like, well, I was doing this or I did. I start like you're looking back, you know, in hindsight and you can see the areas that you've grown in relationships. And Absolutely. knowing that you had to go through those things and recognize why you were looking for, the, you know, seeking mm-hmm. these in relationships. And that's beautiful. You Thank know, you. a lot of people don't get there. They're still operating in that unhealed, that broken space where they don't even know themselves. You have to take a, you have to take a grips on your own life. Yeah. I didn't like the person that I was. I didn't like me. I didn't like when I came around and be like, oh, here she go. Yeah. And you know me now, you probably think I have a good spirit, but it was a time in my life where I was dark. I literally wore yeah. black every day for like three years straight. I looked back and was like, damn, was that the only thing I had in my closet? And I didn't realize that's how deeply depressed I was. And it was just, again, feeling abandoned, feeling wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted, wanting to force a guy to take me to the movies because my dad always took me. Force I got to take me to a basketball game because my dad always took me. Yeah. That's not your obligation. Get comfortable in your own skin. I'll start taking myself because I had to understand that your boyfriend is not your daddy. Mm-hmm. That's just not what it is. He's not supposed to do those type of things. Yes, you know, you oftentimes date men like your father or I'm I literally strategically when my first boyfriend tried to date a guy opposite of my dad. Completely opposite. And I did. But he also was a child. So think mm-hmm. my expectations did not make sense for him. So it yeah. ended up being a tumultuous relationship. They ended up being verbally abusive. They ended up just being 12 years of, at the end, just bad. And now we look back and we can be friends and say, we both fucked each other up. Yeah. And I told him, I said, although you were mean to me, I came to you broken already. Yeah. I came to you as a broken child. I came mm-hmm. to you and I continue to be a broken woman. And of course you added to that, but I, you cannot heal yourself being in a relationship. I don't care what anybody say. 
And it's hard being a mom, I can only guess, with you. You know what I'm saying? You got a daughter looking at you every day that needs you every single day. And I'm not saying that you don't go through things in relationships you have to heal from. Absolutely. But when you have brokenness from adolescent, yeah. I feel like it's just hard. It's hard. It's definitely yeah. hard. And I think for me, my situation was very similar. But, you know, my grandparents raised me. However, mm-hmm. I didn't have that support. I didn't have a, a great support system after my father passed. You know, we were still, you know, navigating me going into foster care. Literally, my dad died when I was 12. I got adopted at 13. To a so, different family? No, to my grandparents okay. adopted us, but like, it had been just many years of me going through the system, me and my siblings being taken from my mom, going back with my mom. Like, it was a lot of back and forth. Which but, is traumatic within itself. That's real life trauma. Traumatic. It, oh, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot of trauma. And people would negate your trauma. Mm-hmm. They would say like that's that that is traumatic. It was a lot, and I think about um, that, and that was something that I was angry with my dad about because I'm like, right now you see that I'm suffering over here with my mom. You're my other side. You're my other parent. And he knew that and before he passed. And you're alive and well. He knew that before he mm-hmm. passed. So it's like at this point, you should be trying. This is what I'm thinking in hindsight. Like, why weren't you trying to set up your life? Why to didn't where you choose you can, me? Cho- exactly. Why didn't mm-hmm. you choose me to be able to just like. Cut your life, you know, cut that out of your life so that you can be be who I need. So it was like I was already dealing with losing one parent who was physically alive, and then I had to deal with losing a parent physically. If you don't want me asking, what was your mom's issue? So my mom is schizophrenic, bipolar. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. that's something that she had been dealing with for all my life. You know, um, that we didn't know about. She had never went to the doctor to be diagnosed or anything Black like that. Just don't do that. Um, but even when I was living with my mom, like it was a lot, you know, like she, it's what, 11 of us all together. So I'm number three. So I'm used to seeing my mom with different men Mm -hmm. and all of that played a part. And that's a part of probably her, of her bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. her manic. Yep. And when she goes and just probably be promiscuous or do this, that, and the third. Right. So I just, I really, it took me a long time. Like you said, I had that moment where I went to the cemetery and I had a real conversation with some, you know, like thinking that. That was me releasing. Like, why didn't you save me from this? Mm-hmm. You know, like you could have. You had the power to. So um, that was a real conversation I had to have. That was a reality I had to see within myself. And um, a little bit, you know, the complete opposite from you in relationships. Like the way I show up is by not showing up. So like I was Detached. always super guarded, and I would mm-hmm. never let you know guys super close close to me because I felt like I connected the first real idea of love with leaving. You know, so I never really even let, I've never had a lot of, been in a lot of relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I would date people and it would be for a very short, you know, period of time. Cause when I felt that attachment coming, it was like, no, I'm cutting this off. You know, so that was, that was toxic. Yep. But it was coming from um, a place of fear and not understanding that this is something that you have to unpack so that you can have healthy relationships. Cause now we get into the age where it's like, okay. I want to be married. I want to have this. I want to have, and that's where I'm at right now. Like I want to manifest a husband mm-hmm. and I want to manifest a guy. And there's certain traits of my dad that I do want, the mm-hmm. provider, a fun person, Absolutely. a loving person, but I want a God fearing man. I want a man that, um, that is led by God that I want so many different things that I didn't see. Even when my, even when my grandfather, you know, he had his own demons that he was fighting later mm-hmm. in life. And I saw that too. And, um, so much happened, I feel like, between the ages of 12 to 25, literally. Like, I seen and experienced so much. I was in the 
And it's like you function so well in dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You function so well in depression. You don't even know that you are depressed until you're out of the depression. Yep. I, I didn't realize that I was depressed for all. I thought that was just a way of life. You know, people just say, oh, that's just how she is. Yeah. But really, it's not. And I really had yeah. to take, it was, I met Whitney. Me and Whitney had been friends when we reconnected again. And um, she really just like pushed God on me. And so it's sort of my yeah. ex's mother, you know, and it was just more just praying that to just be healed and just for forgiveness. Because how many we mad at somebody in death? Mm-hmm. He's not here. Recently, this might be weird for some people. I spoke to a medium. I wanted to talk to my dad. I wanted some closure. With my papa, I felt like I knew my relationship with him. With my dad, I felt like we needed more time. There was more conversation needed to be had. He would not show up. She said that he missed the realm of life and that he was not happy and that he felt like he should have talked to me more. So he allowed my grandfather to take leave. And I think that's his guilt, feeling like... You know, this was her dad when I wasn't here. You know what yeah. I mean? But even still, I'm thinking to myself, even in your own selfishness, you didn't give me what I wanted because you're yeah. not happy, even yeah. in spirit. And that could be weird for some people, but that's just where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I think that I knew that because you dream of your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have dreams? I don't dream about my dad. See, and I had, I remember I would have the same, I was just telling somebody this the other day too. Like, I would have the same reoccurring dream for a very long time. And um, it seemed like every dream, like my dreams are always, if I'm at a house, I'm at the house that I grew up in on Joy Road and Coyle, mm-hmm. which is my grandparents' house. By me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would, I would dream that I was sitting on their, uh, their porch and like my dad had this yellow old school. I remember he used to pick me up and take me to school in real life. But, um. I had this dream that he, I would be sitting on the porch and he would be driving by in his yellow old school and he would look at me and like, he'd be driving, but he'd just still be looking at me like he leaving me, but like, you know, he just looking back. And I, I've had this dream He's watching like, like he are. so He's many times and like throughout those years, like after him passing and they stopped probably like right after high school mm. and I was, I was not having them no more. Um, but when I found God, you know, I, I was raised in church. My grandfather's a pastor. Okay. I've been like, I remember I was two, three years old. He had his church in his basement before he physically got a building. Um, but that's not when I found God. It was something that was forced on me. Mm-hmm. So when I got older and, um, I was like having, I remember having a spiritual encounter and, um, that's when it started coming back again. And like, I would literally be just driving and I would see his face like clear as day, like in my rearview mirror, like, I don't know if it was like me being halfway asleep and like, you know, or dreaming or whatever, but I would, I would start like experiencing it again. So I think that, um, the deeper that I got, um, with my relationship with God and like spirituality, that's when I started feeling his presence again, which is weird, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think it was just like a reminder of, you know, I'm still here. You know, this is yes. something that the, this hurt and this pain and all of this stuff that you trying to, you know, force to stay in the past is still in your spirit. And that's something that you, you got to deal go. with it because you can't heal unless you deal with it. I only yeah. had maybe two or three dreams of my dad. But one specifically, I remember he was like, girl, I'm right here. And I was me thinking the same thing, like, oh, he's always here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they stopped a couple years ago. I had a dream where he looked the age he was before he died, which was his 30s, but I was grown. Mm. And he was like, damn, like, you really grown up. And he just kept saying, like, you really grown. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I was dating a guy I thought at the time was like a mirror image of him. He let it hang out. He was fun. He wouldn't do anything I wanted to do. It was all about Lex. It was a lot of his, uh, the way he moved mm-hmm. reminded me of my dad. And the guys that knew him and my dad be like, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wasn't as real nigga as my daddy was. But... <laughs> But 
I tried to fix this person mm-hmm. and end up really just hurting myself and just learning that you can't fix people. And I really was mad at my I wasn't mad, but I'm like, why would you send this nigga to me? This right. is definitely you and all of your madness. <laughs> like you did it. <laughs> and I remember the day on his death day, December 7th, I remember I wrote a post, I wrote a post on Instagram mm-hmm. and it was actually geared toward the person I was dating. Like, mm-hmm. I really want you to be a better person, but I can't want more of you than what you want for yourself. And you got these daughters, you know, like I, I mean, my dad had these daughters and sins of a father are real. Like mm-hmm. your the, the, the sees your ancestors. So six generations ago, you're still reaping that now. So you have to be yeah. mindful of what you do, but everybody ain't there. And then sometimes you have to just realize like, why did a person come in your life? And I think that was just to give me closure because I stopped mourning him. I stopped getting on Father's Day and crying. I stopped mm-hmm. looking at December 7th crying. I stopped going to March 9th, his birthday, crying. Mm-hmm. It was more like I had 12 years, more than most people had, most of my, more than my siblings had. Mm-hmm. I had a father that loved me. I had a person that spent time with me. Um, I look just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I write like I you. I look just like my dad. Like I, sometimes like- I used to think like my grandmother, like, and it's the conversation I just had with her maybe two years ago. And I was like... I look so much like my daddy. Like anybody, they be like, oh, they know it right away. Like if I'm on Dre Road and I'm at the <laughs> liquor store or something, they be like, you killed daughter. Like they just know. <laughs> so like I really felt like she like resented me almost because I look so, That's and I reminded her so much of my dad. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she would just never really want me around. And that be was mean. something I had. Yeah, she would be mean. And I'm like, this gotta be something in me getting older. And I'm like loving psychology and the way people think. I'm like, this just gotta be it. So I ended up having that conversation with her and asking her like all of these years, I felt like I wasn't able to build a relationship with you. And I'm like, was it because of that? Like, tell me, cause it's how I feel already anyways. So yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what She was what like, pretty was. much, you just reminded mm-hmm. me. She couldn't take it. She, she couldn't, couldn't deal with it. it. I felt yeah. that my mom too. I didn't know what it was. Like she was just mean. Yeah. Like I said, she's going through her own thick of life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I look back now, I'm like, I'm not mad at you because you was raising two yeah. daughters. You know, it was a lot going on, but she was very aggressive. And I think in her mind was, I'm not your friend because she had me so young, but it was like, I actually need you to be my friend sometimes. Mm-hmm. I need to not uh, fear you. You know what I mean? So then I was dealing with mommy and daddy issues. Um, so even like, I, I love her. I always think that nobody's going to be here for a long time. So every time I leave my friends or family, I love you. I text them, I love you. Just so you know, before you leave this earth, that I do love you. You know what I'm saying? I try to show up and be available. And it should be that way. It should be. And I I know I went through times when I was going through my depression where I couldn't show up because I couldn't get out of my bed. Mm -hmm. I might not couldn't bathe. I might, I mean, literally. Couldn't clean up. Couldn't do nothing. Room a mess. Room a mess. Years of just walking over shit. You know what I mean? Just... Crying for no reason. Why am I crying? Don't know why I'm crying. Why am I so emotional? Because you might meet people and say, Lex is a crybaby. And you might meet some people be like, she's so tough. Mm-hmm. It depends on what part of my life you met me. Yep. You know what I mean? What Do you know the heel Lex or do you know the not heel Lex? Mm-hmm. I was completely irresponsible. I just, not thinking of relationships where people were more important than the relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. And I could not have effective relationships with people if I didn't have a good relationship with myself. And I was completely loving every flaw Everything that was positive to the point where I did an 80-20 on myself, like Tyler Perry did uh, mm. when I get married. And it was like, all these things I don't like, I can fix for the most part. And then when I can't, so be it. And I was like, I really am a person that deserves to be loved properly. And rather, grandma don't love you like you want to. Mama might not love you like you want to. Your boyfriend might not. Or you're not allowing them to. You have to just go through the process of loving yourself. Mm. And know that you're worthy of having attachment. You're worthy of having... Um, 
positive energy. You're worthy of having words of affirmation. You're worthy of, I have a thing of every time someone gives me a compliment, I keep saying thank you. I never stop yeah. saying thank you. It's like, you can just take it in mm-hmm. and not keep saying that. Yep. But it's like, why <laughs> can I accept the fact that you got something good? And so I keep saying, thank you. Thank you. You could say 10 things. Thank you. Thank you. What is that? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. So do you think like, cause it's something I'll be thinking about too all the time. Like, I don't know if I've ever got out of wanting like, to find my father and somebody. Like, I feel like it was subconsciously at first because I do, I feel like a lot of the traits that he had were great traits, like you said, being a provider, um, being very affectionate. That's something mm-hmm. that I feel like is like top on my list of things that I require. Me too. Um, but I don't want also, any man yeah. like my daddy. My papa, yes. My dad mm-hmm. was a womanizer mm-hmm. through and through. He was a womanizer. He, but his came from his mama issues. He saw his mother have nine kids with like five or six different dads. Mm. Um, His father ended up getting on crack. His mother was very, she wasn't raised by, she was like a kid that was given to a family uh, that that was her family that kind of mistreated her or did whatever. You know, it was like a Mm -hmm. whole thing. So his mother was raised on survival, so she raised her kids the same way. So I like to tell my mom, because she'll say, I don't think your dad loved you, loved me. I said, I think he loves you to the capacity that he was taught. And that's what we have to understand, too. And that's Ellen DeGeneres said, it's great to be loved, but it's profound to be understood. And that is remarkable because Mm -hmm. if you don't understand how the way people love the experience that they have, so why they act the way they act. Yeah. And you can understand it and not be with them. You know what I'm saying? But it's just understanding and not making excuses, holding them accountable, but still saying, I acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? So when it came to my daddy, absolutely not my papa was an amazing man, yeah. affectionate. He rubbed my stomach on my period at 24. <laughs> Come lay on Papa lap. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't anything that he couldn't fix. It wasn't anything that he did not know. Um, he was warm. I can still feel him being warm. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was dear. He was everyone's favorite uncle, favorite brother, favorite cousin. He just was a sharp dresser. And I think that's why I like short guys. I know I say that all the time on Instagram my papa was short I feel the same way about my grandfather and it's like like right while you was just saying that like something else dropped into my spirit because I think about I think about it all the time like what if they were still here what if our fathers were still here and those were the men who were influencing our lives we wouldn't be who we are now we wouldn't be who we are we wouldn't even be the heel person We'd be yep. spoiled. We'd be like the other girls. I was trying to make sure we got a dollar. We might be college educated, all type of things too, because they had to make yeah. sure you did the right things, you know? But I think that we'll be much more different. And that's the whole mm-hmm. thing of finding purpose and pain. Yeah. Because we I, absolutely I, did that. Yeah. Me and too. I'm it's, thankful that my grandfather weird. was the one, because mm-hmm. he's the one who, um, who taught me how to pray. Mm-hmm. He's the one that I learned faith from. And he the same way. He can fix anything. Cars. Like, my grandfather been fixing my car up until I just got a, a, a new, the newer car that I have now. But before that, oil changes, Everything. tire breaks. He he's 77. And he'll be up on the roof right now fixing the leak if he have to. Okay. There was nothing he could not do. My ex used to be like, if you say Papa said one more time, because Papa said, and Papa is the smartest <laughs> man that I know. Mm-hmm. So that's just, you know, he could do no wrong to me. And later mm-hmm. in life, he battled um, addiction to pain mm-hmm. medication. From just years of having to get different surgeries from the military, driving trucks and things like that. And I think that unbeknownst to him, he was suffering. Yeah. And that was something that was very traumatic to experience too, watching someone's health decline in a way yeah. that they are not acknowledging. Um, a drug addiction can make you angry, it can make you violent. Um, 
I was not used to that. Yeah. So um, I was kind of mean to him in the maybe the last month or so because I didn't think nothing was wrong with him because he mm-hmm. was like a hypochondriac. I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with him. <laughs> but I have no regrets. I know my papa knew I loved him. I wrote his entire obituary. Like, I loved him. And we were very close. I'm very, very thankful that I was blessed to have two fathers. I always say that. You know, I was blessed to have two men I knew that loved me and cared for me and wanted the best for me. Um, one who was young, trying to figure his own way. Yeah. So back to liking things like my daddy, I do like guys with like diamonds and shit. I do like that. <laughs> I mm-hmm. want you to chain. I want the watch. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. But my papa was like sharp, <laughs> like tailored suit, like fur mm-hmm. coats. Same. You know, he just was, he had beautiful hair. You know, he, it was, my papa was just cool Rob, you know? And I think that I don't have any, um, Issues when it came to him, like I said, even in his addiction, I understood what he was going through and what he had been battling his entire life. You know, yeah. I, um, being a sharecropper, going to Vietnam, you know, all those different things. Um, do I wish today that he was here? Absolutely. But I have closure with him. His five years is coming up next Tuesday. And then my dad's birthday is March 9th. So March is sometimes like a hard month for me. Mm-hmm. So really thank you for bringing me here because like I need this. Going into March, you know. I'm thankful that you came. Like, this is, I tell my friends all the time, and I know so many people who have experienced it. And I, you can ask them, like, well, you know, have you dealt with this? They be like, oh, I'm good. I just sometimes, I just be forgetting that it even happened. And it's like, people have these, have different coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know, they cope by whether it be drugs or liquor or, you know, sex or whatever, getting money, whatever it may be. And it's like, it's okay to just sit and face it. You know, like you cannot heal by suppressing. No. Because that's something that I've done for so long. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I was healed just because it wasn't bothering me on a day-to-day basis. But no, it's like those type of, that trauma, it lies dormant. And it wait for the perfect time. Like when you think everything is going good in your life. and Trigger. Boom. boom. That just happened just to me with the, with the situation that I thought I was over for the last four and a half years. And one thing, and I was like, I'm still hurt by this. Like mm-hmm. I'm still experiencing trauma from this. And mm-hmm. and you know how you can forgive someone, but you're still hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I forgave okay. the person for hurting me, but I still had some things that I had needed to deal with with that. And I'm yeah. actually thankful that um, that interaction happened back in December because now I know I got more healing to do. Yeah. And so even though I'm manifesting a husband, I'm also manifesting healing and letting things go. And not comparing and not um, living in the past. And I think I live in the past so much because of my childhood. Like I like like this whole nostalgic nineties yeah. thing. And I think it's I because of, I, I think it's because of my those were the years that were like mm-hmm. memorable for me. Like just being yeah. with my father, human being in school and just but I thank him for that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's fucked up that I didn't have a dad at tw- you know, at twelve he was gone. I'm a fatherless daughter, you know, all that all that stuff. But like there would be no El Brianna. Like, there would be no Elmatic View. There would be mm-hmm. no uh, writer. You know, there would be a person that, that, that wants to tell those stories, that have those yeah. poetry nights and those conversations that need to be had had he not died. So mm-hmm. I thank God that you had to take something to give something. You know what I mean? So it's like, I could cry about it, but I can be like, I'm really a remarkable person. Like, I'm a dope-ass person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> in spite of. You know, it's always mm-hmm. like, like, in spite of. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So and I think the same for you. Like I, I never would have thought that you had went to foster care and that you had been through that with your mom because you are an amazing mother. You know, your daughter is your do all be all, and she is very blessed to have a mother like you. And it's just you knew what not to be, 
And again, you being so wanted to do psychology is because of your mother's situation. Mm-hmm. You want to heal and help other people. Yeah. So I definitely uh, commend you for that too. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I think that something that um, we have to understand is that our parents, you know, and the things that they've experienced came from a long bloodline of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at that my rela- the relationship that my mother has with my grandmother, toxic. Yep. I look at the relationship that my grandmother had with her mother, whom I never even met, toxic. So it's like it's a long line of just trauma and hurt and, you know, people just doing the best that they can. Being black is being is is traumatic. It is. From inception, whole. we have experienced trauma. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we've only had to be tough. We've only had to survive. So you think about the six generations before us, we are still experiencing that that trauma of just being, of just surviving. So you're the person who's a mother who I will one day be a mother that can change that narrative of giving love. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't know nothing but to go to work, go to school, that's it. You barely get the hugs and the I loves you and the kisses and you're pretty and you're, so you go out and seek that from other people. You know what I mean? So- and it's not that they don't want to do it. It's just that they weren't taught to do it. They don't know how. They don't know how to do it. They've only been taught to just live to work and work to survive and then work and to it's live. Time to, it's, it's, time, it's been time to change those cycles. And it I is. feel like that's something I've dedicated my entire, you know, the the most. Mission. Yeah, of my life, my mm-hmm. purpose and finding that out and being like, look, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be like my family. Somehow or another, I have to break whatever this generational curse is however whatever I have to do and I've taken a lot of time off from the world you know like even with me moving to Houston too yeah me moving from Houston it was like I mean me moving to Houston um I talked about that on my last season a part of it was me just being overwhelmed here you know like and my therapist would just tell me like you can't heal in the same you know place where you was hurt oh I feel that and I feel that, that was real. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like now my relationship with my family is better than it ever was. Um, I still had to um, forgive my grandmother for some things, you know, to heal from some things that I had experienced while living with her. So it was mm-hmm. like me taking that time off. We have to understand that that's OK. Yes. Like life is not just about being somebody or making money. And like I was doing being inclusive, you know, everybody yes. wants to be included in. Inclusive and like yeah. sometimes it's okay to just be exclusive and just mm-hmm. be away and just take time. I you literally tune with yourself. I take time off from people. My mama know, love her to death. Sometimes she can be very aggressive. She don't know boundaries. She will get cut <laughs> off for a couple months. Love you, but I I'm I'm grown. You gotta yeah. respect me. And now you have to respect how I deal with things and how I cope with things. And it's okay to cut people off. And then it, you can come back and if they ain't got it together and they don't understand you, go right back. Because you can have a conversation with your grandma and if she don't get it and if it doesn't resonate with her, grandma, I love you, but I'll talk to you later. I don't have to deal with that. You know, and I think I want more people to understand that because we're blood or because we share a kid or because we share mom and daddy, that Mm -hmm. I have to deal with you and your bullshit Mm -hmm. and I don't have to. to. And I have enough of dealing with my own self as being an adult and even as children. I want people to actually pay attention to their kids more because we were suffering as children and nobody nobody acknowledged it or paid attention because how can children be depressed? There was no way I should have been eating two fish fillets and nobody stopped me. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. no way that I should have just been an emotional wreck and nobody stopped me. I'm just stuck in my room. And of course, in my room, I was building my craft. I was a reader. I was yeah. you know, into movies and I was a drummer. I did those things, but I also should have been outside being a child. Mm-hmm. And I Same. was just stuck. Same. And I feel like I had to grow up so fast. Like I was raising my little brothers. You know, it was just so much. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I think when I when I was in like high school, I think that's well, no, I probably started like eighth grade because my dad died. I was in sixth grade, but all the anger and stuff started like eighth grade. I was fighting all the time. I was always in trouble, always suspended. And it's like y'all didn't notice. Like, okay, she she's acting she's out. She's acting out. And I think about that all the time, and that's why I'm so in tune with my baby. Any little thing, what's wrong? You okay? Why? How was school? Who you talk to? Let's today? have a conversation. Let's have a conversation mm-hmm. because I want to know. You know, I want to know. I want to be able to see those signs when they happen because I didn't have that. Yep. And that that's very important. Like I shouldn't have felt like this is my outlet. This is how I can express myself because I don't have anybody. I don't have a safe space at home to, talk, to you know to talk it's about nothing how I'm worse with not feeling safe. And then that goes back to my communication with men with me not expressing how I feel because I yeah. felt like what I said wasn't important because I'm a kid and it yeah. just got shunned away and that goes back to my mom I feel like she had daddy issues my grandfather who with the apple of my eye was an alcoholic all her childhood mm. so she experienced someone that I didn't experience and my mother was a child that acted out and so acting out as a kid went to acting out as an adult and now she's 48 and sometimes she still acts out like an adolescent and I don't mm. and I get it but I tell my grandmother like that's you were the problem but I get it because you were dealing with three kids a husband that's a vet that didn't see people get killed in front of his eyes. He's an alcoholic. He not, can't hold work. You got to work. You trying to pray to Jehovah as much as you can. That's a lot for that's a person a to deal with. So yeah. I might can't put my finger on that middle child that's showing mm-hmm. her ass and make sure she get it together. Mm-hmm. Being a parent is a lot. Oh, yes. That's why I ain't got none. Because <laughs> I don't. And I don't say that to nobody. And I want to be a mom so bad. That's the greatest title in the world to hold to me. But I'm I'm afraid that I can't always show up. You will. Yeah. You will. I'm that almost like that's my I biggest fear of being a bad mom. Oh, me too. And we t- I was I think that was last last episode. I'm sorry. Um, and I talked about that too, or one of the episodes for sure this season. Um, and I talked about when I first got pregnant with my baby. How old were you? I was 21. Okay. And I was oh, I was petrified because mm-hmm. I'm like, what I'm gonna do? How am I to be a mama? <laughs> I didn't have a, I don't know how to be a mother. Like I was so afraid because. The only, like, clear understanding of what my mother has ever showed me in my life is abandonment. Mm-hmm. We were never with my mother. Even when they let us go back to her, she would drop us off, and she would be gone for days, weeks. She would leave us at home for days. So I always just seen, like, my mother, she was not there. So I was like, dang, what if I end up being just like my mama? But you, you know, know like, I felt. don't know, but right. I knew how it felt. So that was like... My motivation when I had my baby, I'm like, Mm-mm, I want to give her a better life. I want to, and it was not easy. It was times where I was like, okay, I'm taking you to uh, to grandma's house, and I see you in a day or two. Like, I just needed a break. But and that's it's like, normal, and it's normal. Okay, I feel fine. Mothers feel guilty for that. It's mm-hmm. not I, I feel did. guilty I for needing guilty. a break, and I feel like my guilt was because of what I experienced with my mama. So I'm like, dang, look at me being neglectful. Because I'm letting my baby go over here for the weekend. Like, But I had to tell myself, like, no, you got your baby every day. You are showing up how you supposed to. Don't feel bad. But that was, uh, you know, mentally what I had to navigate through. Yeah, but I believe that we're the curse breakers. We are. I I feel like that. Like when I hear people talk about their kids, wait, I'm always on the kid's side. Like, don't talk to her like that. Don't make her feel that way. You know, because I feel like, I struggled with that. And, I, yeah. and even when I got to high school, like I had a real nice shape, you know, but I didn't, in my mind, I was fat. And really, I'm actually probably 30 pounds bigger now. <laughs> but And now I'm more confident than ever. But when I find parents that want to beat their kids down opposed to 
offering a solution to the problem mm-hmm. by you cook differently for the entire household. Don't just make them feel isolated. Mm-hmm. All y'all go work out. Don't just make that one feel isolated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just saw that somebody recently, like, oh, that stomach. I'm like, don't do that to her. Because right. I want to say, because bitch, you ain't skinny. Right. You know what I mean? Like, don't do that to that baby. Because she going to have like low self-esteem and the first mm-hmm. boy that like her, she going to run with it. And when he treat her like shit, she ain't going to move on because she going to find this nigga that like me because I went through that. That's not okay. Literally, parenting, and it's hard being a parent. And I know my parents are the very best that they could. But you mold your child in that household. Mm-hmm. Everything you say and don't say, everything you show them, you lead by example more than anything else. So if you do any type of that, they're looking at you. They are yeah. watching every move you make. And that's why I make a conscious effort like, I want to be my baby daddy. Who I don't want to be baby daddy. And that's all. My husband. That's all important because I ended up being a single mother, anyways. Despite how you know, and I was like, I, that's just not what I want for my life. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what I want for my child. But things happen that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like having to um, battle so much, being unhealed, not really knowing what I wanted in a guy, and attracting men who are broken and who I felt like I needed to save and who I needed to help heal. And it was like having a child with someone like that. And, you know, trying to make it work because, you you know, you have a child and you want that family. And it's like, that no, you like, didn't have. I did my daughter a much better justice by walking away from a toxic situation. Absolutely. Than having to have her live through that. Mm-hmm. I, I want know, more people so. to realize that, too. Like, staying, it's not, you're really showing them that you're not strong enough to walk mm-hmm. away and do this on your own. Yeah. I commend my mama for saying, you going to get out this house until you get yourself together or not. And I'm going to do, and my, you know, she never kept us from him. She yeah. what she would do is a roll and stop. Come get your kids. You know she never was that type of parent. But I was I was sad my dad left, but I was happy because I got sick of seeing my mother hurt. Yeah, and upset, and you just lying saying you went to jail last night, but really that wasn't like he was said the most <laughs> wildest things. You know, now looking back, it's hilarious. The back thing I used to be like, dog. Now you know she gonna whip your ass. You know, I don't want to ever raise kids like that. Mm-hmm. And that one guy I dealt with, I was like. You are my daddy, and it's not a good thing. Like, this yeah. is not, and I, it's not my job to be a healer. And I know I have a healing spirit, and I feel like I attract broken people. Mm-hmm. But I leave empty, and they leave full. Mm-hmm. And that don't work That don't work good yeah. for me. I have to find a healthy balance with that, mm-hmm. and even with my purpose. I know my purpose is to help people. Yeah. I and that's that. what everything in our life, everybody who comes into our life, when you're a healer and you have that ability to pour People are always gonna pull. They're gonna tug on your gift. Yep, that's the story of my life. Same. Friendship, strange. I can be at the grocery store Girl. getting some milk, and this lady <laughs> that I never seen in a day, she telling me her whole life story whole life before story. I know, and I'd be like, got a whole friend, got a whole friend. But people are drawn to that, so that's something that I had to pull back. You know, because it's like when you overextend yourself like that, I started being like, God, I don't want to do this no more. Forget extra push. Forget kicking it with Kelsey. Forget. Being a mentor, forget all of this. I cannot do it. It don't feel good no more. That's because I was empty and I had poured out so much. Yeah. So I had to pour back into myself and realize where my help come from, Mm -hmm. you know, and being more in tune and making sure that I'm nurturing my relationship with God because I know that that's who's pouring into me. Absolutely. I'm also having people around you too, you know, and praying for those type of friendships for people who can't, who understand your purpose. Equally your your friendships, equally your relationships. I don't have nobody. And I went through a phase like a full year. Or I asked God for a sign, and a sign was asking for the sign. And he literally was removing everybody that didn't serve me no purpose mm. out of my life. And at the time, I felt so attacked. I felt so, woe is me, you know? Mm. And I just felt like, why did I make the wrong decision, you know? But I know one thing I'm confident in is that my absence and my presence is felt with anyone that I meet. 
So Same. you will definitely miss my friendship. You will definitely feel all this love, all this courage, mm -hmm. all this motivation. Because that's that's the only thing I can be is a light to you. Yeah. And it's a shame that you wanted to be darkness to me, and that's okay. So every friendship I have now, every person I meet now, I have, I don't feel no way. I don't feel yeah. like, should I, I don't want to have a friend that I can't share everything with. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to tell you one thing and you something else. Because if I have to do that, then you don't need to be my friend. Yeah. Accept me for who I am and what it is. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm at. And I'm also feeling like um, I'm forgiving myself for yeah. bad relationships and choosing bad people and choosing bad friendships and doing things that wasn't um, the best thing. You know, because I went through a phase of like going to the strip club all the time. And that was like super demonic. I look back like my mind mm -hmm. was going to places it shouldn't be at. But I was dating a person. And that was just, to me, I was just like the test. Yeah. You know, would I fall back into the realm or would I keep going where I should be? You know what I mean? And that person would trigger me like, I'm going to pray for you. It would be like sarcastic because they know that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And it'd be like, you really are just like a fucked up individual. <laughs> like, did you really like use that against me? Like, you ever just want to tell somebody I that? I definitely like, have. Raised you. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely do be like, I told him, go hug his daddy and his mama because he got a problem. <laughs> I'm that friend. I'm that girlfriend. I'm that person that makes you be accountable for that. Because sometimes you do need to, that's what you got to get on here, not to cut, not to go off subject. It is on subject. You can get a man on here. Mm -hmm. They got daddy issues because yeah. they don't know how to be men. And they don't even know that there is an issue. No. They don't think at all. And they I, think and I they feel like provide. most of the men who, like, that was every relationship in my life up until this point has been somebody who has had either daddy issues or a problem with their mother. And it's just like. And the mama issue They don't can even be, know. They usually be narcissi narcissists. Absolute narcissists. And the mama issue could be she think that's her man. Or she overdid it for him. So that's even more reason why he's a womanizer and why he think every woman owe him something. You got the one guy who daddy might not have been around, but he loved his daddy to death, so he want to have a thousand kids because I want to be everybody's daddy. You know? <laughs> so that just... And I think that was my dad's issue and his daddy issues that he wouldn't accept and wouldn't deal with. He ended up winning going from me to all these outside kids and then come back my him and mom had another baby and then he had all these other outside kids. And so... Dealing with that, like, I think men should just be more conscious of who they lay with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just be sexually responsible. And I understand that you want to just, you know, have your fruits everywhere, but you got to just be careful. Because they don't, they don't, they don't even understand our generation. It's not a lot of good fathers. You know what? It's a do you few. feel like that in our generation or do you feel like that's the generation before us? Like our daddies. Our daddies. And the even crack now, epidemic, I feel, started that. Mm -hmm, I feel like did. the crack epidemic is what started the bad fathers because yeah. with their daddies end up getting on drugs. And I won't say bad fathers so much, but absent, absent fathers. Which is bad. Which is bad. Which is bad. I feel like our daddies are stepping the Our generation fathers are stepping up more. Mm -hmm. It's the mamas that's not. You think so? I've been saying that a lot lately. Mm. I see a lot of guys that be like, what they kids? And the mama be like, on the run. It might be as a whole then. You know, like our, you know, on both sides, our generation yeah. just. It's selfish. It's selfish. And it's, and it's not, and it's lack thereof. Like they didn't have it. You got some people like you who just say, I'm going to do opposite. And you got some people that's going to do the exact same of what they saw yeah. or didn't see. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, we still battling the crack epidemic now. So mm -hmm. you got those parents that was either on drugs, in the streets for drugs. Selling the drugs. Selling the drugs. <laughs> in the prison. You know, it was a whole thing. It was so. Something. That ruined the black community and the whole family aspect. Because if I look at my mother, her parents were married 48 years to my papa dad. My grandparents. So you know, same thing. So they come from the, but then you got some of those parents that fail in the cracks that end up experimenting yeah. with those drugs and it just fucked up the family dynamic. And here we are now. 
We've been through a lot, girl. We have. Our families have been through a lot. But like you said, yeah. we are the... We are the ones. We are the ones and that's it. what I told Whitney, too. Like, because she... Oh, my God. That girl is so spiritually So gifted. spiritual. I'm so thankful for a friend like her. My soul sister. She look like my soul mate. She is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful person. Beautiful person. And she, like, she be getting me together. Like, when she talk about, you know, um, our bloodlines and our ancestry and all of these things that we have to break, it's like, it's hard. It's hard to navigate the traumas that we've experienced and understand that it's so much bigger than physical, e- emotional, mental. It's spiritual. It is. And having to break through all of that and not while not losing our minds, like, mm-hmm. I commend you. I yep. commend me. Like, yep. we can just brag on that for a yep. minute, you know, because a lot of people do not recognize that. We took the necessary steps to be better part people. And I want people to understand, too, that every day is a process. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody knows the right answer. Somebody knows the right way. We fall short every day. Every day. And I hate people see you on your spiritual journey and judge you and feel like you're not supposed to fall between the cracks. Yeah. Because everything is a process. And I'm not able to have these conversations unless sometimes I fall short. Mm-hmm. So don't judge me about what I'm doing. I'm going to say shit yeah. fucking damn. I'm going to drink some tequila. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do everything right. But that doesn't mean I don't know my God. And that doesn't mean that I don't know I'm supposed to be a servant of him and his children. Yeah. And that no matter what, I have a message. I am a messenger. I'm a truth seeker and a truth Absolutely. speaker. And that's what I've always hated too when I talked about that in another episode. Like me having to... Come come down from all of that. Cause I feel like for so many years, people would look at me and just see like, oh, this spiritual being, like just black and white, and that was it. And it's like, no, it's so much more depth. of me. It's depth. But I'm human. I have to mask who I really am because people are holding me to such on such a high standard. That I didn't ask like, to be no. on. I told you to put me on a pedestal when I didn't ask to be on. And don't have down. an expectation and then get disappointed. Because if you see me at the bar, I don't need you being like, If you see me slapping butt just... at Ace of Spades, then that's what it be, unfortunately. But don't judge me. I didn't ask you to be on that pedestal. So if I make a bad decision, when I did it the guy after my first that wasn't the best person, yeah. and some people thought, I thought that you would choose better. Why did you think that? Right. I was having a good time. Who knew that this that he'd be who he was? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Don't judge me for making to making bad choices. So I find myself beating myself up. Same. First, and Whitney be like, dog, you cannot, you gotta forgive yourself. Like everybody's entitled to make mistakes. And I'm like, I should know better. But who's to say that you should know better? Mm-mm. And we're people mask themselves. Journey. It's always a we're journey. We're all on this journey. And I'm and thankful to... for the situation, ultimately. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to be like. So-and-so wasn't as bad as I thought he was, you right. know? And I mean, when you are, when you are in tune with yourself and you are in tune spiritually, you're able to look at people differently, mm-hmm. too. And you're able to look at situations differently. Like, this is you projecting whatever you're experiencing internally onto me. It's not even really you. So you're able to have more compassion for people. And you're yeah. able to, you know, love people in a different way mm-hmm. than the, the regular person. So, you, like you said, we have to forgive ourselves for who we were when we didn't really fully know ourselves. You know, Every before day we were learning. fully healed, like... I'm dealing with stuff from my unhealed self. Yep. I'm still. showing up as a healed version of myself and I still got work to do. So if I make a mistake, oh well, don't so nail me. me to the cross. Please. And if I lash out and I, like I said, in a situation in December that I didn't know that I was still felt the way about. I thought I was over it. I was past it. Hey, we friends. But that one trigger and I was crying for two days from hurt mm-hmm. that I thought I was over. And I, I text the person. I said, I do forgive you. This is something that I have to deal with. I have to, I do forgive. I don't understand we were young. We was going through different things when you did treat me wrong, but I got to work on me. And this is, this is, this conversation and how I lashed out is bigger than that. 
You know, it's bigger than because during a time I just figured we're gonna break up and I'm just gonna move on. I'm just gonna yeah. let you do you and it's just, you know, whatever. Even though I took a year to, you know, deal with it, but I got again, I dealt with two deaths, a relationship and my granddaddy. So that whole 2016, and I'm going into five years, I'm just not really dealing with 2016 and 2021. Mm. I thought I did, because I moved on and started a career, and I, you know, did other things, but I truly didn't. I just kept going. I didn't stop and unpack, like you said. I didn't let that luggage out. I didn't unzip it and pull that Mm. shit out and wash it and dry it (laughs) and hang it up. You know what I'm saying? And let it go. I didn't do that. That shit's still sitting there. Mm. In that same house that I'm still living in, we all we all have that stuff. We all have stuff that we have to unpack, mm-hmm. and we really sometimes we won't even know until we, we're triggered. Yep, and that's the hard part. And it's like that's why therapy. Like I be telling, just go to therapy because that trauma work that my therapy, like my therapist have has done with me, like asking me the right questions or taking me back to certain instances. She like, no, we about to make this whole room that car ride with your grandma. We about to re-talk about everything that she said to you. Like, that's the type of stuff that's going on in And therapy. how did you feel? What did that make you feel like? What do you look... And I, you you have to ask people, so you how did that to. make you feel? Mm-hmm. What was your experience? And because then don't, started, don't negate my getting, experience. We started getting these limited beliefs or, you know, mm-hmm. it changed the way we look at ourselves. Like, and it started young. Yep. Somebody telling me like, oh, you look like this or you need to gain weight. Or like years later, I'm like, dang, I hate how skinny I am. I need to do something to gain weight. And it's like, that came from a conversation that I, that was had when I was 14 years Girl, old. Same. And didn't even know. So it's like, we have to remember, like when we start getting these beliefs about ourselves, and we feel like we're not pretty or mm-hmm. we're not good enough. Well, who told you that? Yep. When, when did that settle into your mind and you need to go back there so that you can bring it back up and release it? So that you can change the way that you see yourself. Absolutely. Yep. I definitely agree. I go through that a lot with always saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Any mistake I make, I'm sorry. Because I always felt like I was walking on pins and needles with my mama on eggshells. Yeah, I couldn't same. do nothing right. Even sometimes, now we're getting to the point where like now she respects what I'm doing and who I want to be and where I'm going. And actually in her mind, I'm moving and shaking towards it where before it was like, in her mind, I wasn't doing nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she didn't really respect where I was trying to go. I think now we, I'm grown. She's getting it. But I always felt like I wasn't good enough. So even the slight bit of rejection, it was I'm not good enough dealing with relationships. Like, oh, you you don't want to take me here because I'm not good enough. Or you don't want to do this because I'm not good enough. Or you think this because I can't do anything right. And then I end up dealing with that verbal abuse. And parents don't realize that, that it's verbal abuse. Because that's exactly what it was. So when I got with a person that do and do time over time, because he wasn't always the person that he be, he had became, I thought that was love because I came from home. Yeah, that was verbal abuse, and I don't think that that resonates to my mama. Like when you call me stupid or an idiot or um, even the yelling, like far as I flinch, like if you yell at me, I instantly start crying. Even as a grown up, that's traumatic because I got yelled at all. The, I didn't get whoopings. Yeah. I got yelled at all the time. Everything I did wrong was yelling opposed to saying, hey, do something different. Yeah. See, I experienced all of that. And I think that when it comes to my relationship with my grandmother, it was toxic because she was dealing with so many insecurities, you know, within herself. And she would project that on us. Mm -hmm. Like, that's something I've always seen her do. We can be watching um, whatever on TV. And she'd be like, ugh, why she look like that? Or like, she would just criticize everybody. Because she didn't like herself. Because she didn't like herself. And I used to think it was something wrong with me. 
you know, I would think that it was something wrong with all the women in my family because the way that she would talk about them or the way that she would um, put them down, even into my adult life. Like, any little thing, like, she would criticize it so she much. Nitpick. Like, she almost would yes. look and share and And I yeah. would be like, dang, like, you are just, whatever you are battling, whatever that spirit is on you is so ugly. You're such a beautiful person, but that spirit that has attached itself to you mm-hmm. is so ugly. And it's like, it, it, it's, it wants to make other people feel that way about themselves. Too. Yeah, because it makes you feel better about yourself to pull somebody else down. So if you look at yeah. the slight bit of a hair out of place, a booger in the nose, it's going to make you feel better about yourself. And that's yeah. one thing that I've made a conscious effort is to not have people like that in my life. Yeah. Even as far as, like I said, friends. I've had homegirls that be like, I'm like, oh, she's a pretty girl. You think everybody pretty. Like, is that so, a problem? Right. Like, I don't think yeah. that a lot of people are unattractive. You know, I look yeah. at things like features. She has pretty eyes. She has a nice smile. She has yeah. high cheekbones. And I'm, I'm not an insecure woman, mm-hmm. although I had low self-esteem. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense. Like, I knew I was pretty, but it was things about my body that I wasn't necessarily yeah. happy with. But I didn't look at other women to beat them down because they, out of anything, I admired them. Yeah. I was a woman to make a nice shape. And they might think I'm weird. Like, I had women like pull back like, I'm oh, thank way. you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like... Me bigging you up ain't gonna take shit away from me, mm-hmm. you know. But you have a lot of people that don't that don't do that. And I had yeah. friends that thought I was the weirdest. I'm like, that's why you're not my friend. Because <laughs> me and my friends be like, yes, bitch, yes. You know, mm-hmm. we geek each other up all the time. If I sell fruit on Living Noise, we ain't gonna be like my friends sell fruit on Living Noise mm-hmm. with a Final Call newspaper, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's my freaking. <laughs> and I need people like that. We need we people we like that. And we also need people to hold us accountable too and say that wasn't nice. Yeah. You know, even far as your grandma, if one day she's sitting out watching Wheel of Fortune and she don't like the way the lady is dressed, she's like, Grandma, now you know. That's your dress. You went to church last it, Sunday. It wasn't even cute. Minute, it took me a minute to get to a place where I'm like, Because you want to be what disrespectful. Is she doing to you? Yeah, but right. as an adult, I'm like, No, I'm like, I think she looked pretty. I'm like, She looked good. She did lost some weight. She right. looked good. You know what I'm like? You don't think so? Or in, like I started instead of me like checking her, any like I would beat her to the punch. If somebody could, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, she rocking that dress. And I would just always just say stuff like. positive, you know? And eventually, she kind of started being that way, too. Speaking know? of that, do you think that black people naturally are negative Nancys? They always see the down, the, the bad part of something. Pessimistic. The good. They mm-hmm. are. They are. We, we are, as a people. That's we something are. that we have to fight to get out of. Because, like you said, it's a long line of our ancestors. My family is so... And I don't think they realize it. That no. ain't going to happen. And I'd be like, yes, it is. We're going to mm-hmm. speak positive. I'm going to be like, it, irritated. Word, and my grandfather, he's the only one who is not like that. Everybody else is like that. But my grandfather is the strong man of God. And he's mm-hmm. like... You better watch what you say. It's power, life, and death is in the tongue. Yeah, it is. Your words are yep, powerful. Are powerful. And yep. it would like I, it would make me think that you know, like okay, I have to be mindful of what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and I just I never forget in church a couple years ago, <clears throat> I was in this group called Spirit uh, Spiritual Chicks, and um one of the the facilitators, Brandy, her and her husband had did this um this this experiment. And they took an apple and they put it in a jar. Two apples. They cut it in half. It put one half in one jar, the other half in the other jar. And they put positive on one and negative on the other one. And every single day for like, I want to say like two weeks or however long it takes for an apple to naturally like spoil. Mm-hmm. But every single day they would speak into each jar. Apple, and one right. of them, they'd be like, you uglier. They would just like say all this negative stuff into one of the apples and then good stuff to the other one. They brought them jars to church. When I say the good apple looked like they just went and bought it, it was like a little bit brown, like, you know, but from natural decay. But the other one was, was brown. rotten and Ugh. just, and I was like, wow, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And I was like, 
that just lets you know. Think about um, the people who are in your life or your children, so to speak. You're watering them. So if every single day you're saying negative things to this child. And what they can't do and what won't happen. 10 years from now, they all of those things are going to manifest into their lives. Mm -hmm. So I'm always mindful of that. If I have a moment where I'm upset or I had a long day and I yell, I come back once I'm like, I'm like, baby, I'm sorry. You know, mommy had a long day. I apologize. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with apologizing to my baby. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm ever wrong or if I ever feel like I'm wrong, I check myself quick because I've been in a situation like that my entire life and nobody ever apologized to me. They feel like, oh, you a kid. You don't have no Deal feelings. with it. Yeah. It don't matter. But it's like, no. And I tell my friends the same thing. Like, don't talk to, you know, don't do that. Me too. And if you do have a moment, because we're human, you know, mm -hmm. we're imperfect. We do get stressed out. It's perfectly normal. We're not going to have perfect days every single day. No. But normalize going back, whether it be your kid, a friend, Self-reflection. Apologize. Yes. And just reflect on what transpired. Yep. And- don't make it a trend either of always mm -hmm. thinking that you can apologize yeah. without fixed behavior, you know, without fixing the yeah. behavior too. A lot of people do that. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely I do. Um, I'm the person to defend all my friends' kids. I'm the one that get on their ass and I'm also the one to be like, don't talk to them like that. Mm -hmm. Don't call them stupid. Don't call them retarded. Like I don't like yeah. stuff like that. See, I don't do that. I never I have never, yeah. and yeah. I think that people just they got off their mama them. You mm -hmm. know, and they just and that's why I find myself with my with other people's kids, just to be their advocate. Like mm -hmm. And you know. give yourself grace. You know, I tell yeah. people all the time, you know, give yourself grace. That's definitely when you're a parent and you're trying to navigate, not even knowing what a good parent looks like. You know, give yourself grace and just take time to, you know, be in tune with yourself mm -hmm. and understand why you are the way you are. You know, if you're a yeller, if you're somebody who is easily angered, like it's a reason for that. Yep, it is. So figure out why so that you can move forward, you know, in a more healthy manner. Just take the necessary steps and want to take those steps. Yeah. People oftentimes take, um, you know, like it's like criticism. You tell me I'm wrong. You're saying something. I'm doing something bad. It's not that. I want you to be a better person. Yeah. So I'm saying that you should do something differently and I might can't help you myself I can send you some things you know try to make you be and I have a, some a one friend that she always thinks I'm like um tell me what she's doing wrong she's super mm -hmm. like take like everything offensive but it's because you have an insecurity yeah. something deep down in you is insecure and I want you not to be because you're a beautiful girl and you're a great mom so I have to be mindful of how I speak because sometimes yeah. I be I'm very aggressive so I might say something that I'm thinking is like to encourage you but that's mm -hmm. learning how to understanding people. I need to yeah. learn how to talk to her. Mm -hmm. What might work for Kelsey don't work for her. You know what I mean? Or what might work for Whitney might not work for her. So I want to, and she's a person that um, I'm more mindful more than anybody because I want her to see the goodness in her mm -hmm. and not um, be so caught up on everybody else thinks. Yeah. You know, um, I think I pray for her as a friend. She's a newer friend of mine more than mm -hmm. most of my friends because I really want her as a person to see that she's great and that she can yeah. be great. You know? And that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. We need good friends. We, we need do. People might not say that. No new friends. I don't need friends. Like, you no, do. That's something that I pray about all the time. When you I've get grown, you can't have the same friends you had yeah. as a kid. You and I experienced a messed up friendship. Okay? Yeah. Like, I've had people hurt me, betray me, like, to the point I was like, I don't even know if I want friends. Like, I'm so scared to have friends now. Like, I'm already a super private person or, you know, super closed-in person. Like, the thought of vulnerability just, uh, uh, like, I just <laughs> want to throw up. Just think about it. But I desire to have those type of close connections, you know, to have those type of close friendships. And unfortunately, they didn't come from people, you know, that I've known my whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So, because what you require at like, tw- and it's funny because I said this about my dad. What I require at twelve is I require at thirty. Yeah. So some, I'm gonna have those friends that's gonna be on my wedding because we've been friends since sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I got a first friend we've been friends since kindergarten. We don't talk every day. We are like two different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. But she gonna be at my wedding because you was my first friend and you didn't been there and like yeah. you know you knew my dad, my papa. You used to spend out in my house like we've been friends forever. But and I don't know if it could be something different. You know, we could have a different relationship now. But like I say about my dad is that. I don't miss him because what I require at 12 is not what I require at 30. Yeah. I wish he was here, but I can't miss what I don't know anymore. Mm, it's good. It's messed up, but it's the fact of the matter, and I'm okay yeah. with that. I can sleep well knowing that. Yeah. And that's okay. That's yeah. okay. You I know, came to that like, realization like last year. People say, you miss him. I'm like... But what is it I missed it? I, mm-hmm. I can't really, re- I can't remember it's it. It's something I yearn for, but no, I don't. And I, I don't miss it no more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's over and done with. It's been almost 20 years. Yeah. I can't keep saying I miss a nigga, I mean, a man that, yeah. it's it's over. And it's so crazy because um, for Valentine's Day, I got a, a portrait, a painted, somebody hand painted a picture of me, my dad, and my baby. Oh my God. And oh, I just Boy, cried all my makeup off. And they love you because that was deep. It was beautiful. <laughs> and I think that um, I cried because my baby was in the picture. And that was something that, you know, when I had her, that I always thought about like, dang, like my baby would never get a chance to meet my daddy or, you know, my daddy would never get a chance to meet his grandbabies, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't that I missed my dad. It was the absent in his life that still bothers me sometimes. Yeah. And that's what that moment like brought up for me. Like, dang. That's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like I don't miss them no more. You know, really, I'm kind of past it now. I yep. don't even remember so much of the details that I did 10 years ago. Like, I could still remember the way that he smelled. And, right. you know, like, all of those things have, like, they disseminated now. They're good. They're gone. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what it was for me. You know, like, um, knowing that he would never get a chance to meet her. You know, or she would never or get no, a chance to meet her. Oh, no, you was a grown woman. Mm-hmm. My best all friend got things. married. I was so happy for her, but when she got for her father-daughter dance, I bawled my eyes out. Because mm-hmm. I always thought I had my papa. You know, yeah. he walked me down the aisle, which was more ideal. But I don't have, I mean, my stepdad, but all due respect, like, he not necessarily a father figure. Yeah. Her mother got married when I was 16 and he went to prison and came home. I was already a grown person. He's my mother's husband and all and love him for her, but you yeah. aren't a father figure to me, so I don't think that you should give me away at my wedding. Mm-hmm. So I cry Same. because, like, I'll never have that. Like, I'll never have my father to give me away. And, of course, it would end up being my mom, but, of course, you wanted to be your daddy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or, like, I wanted to be my papa, like, through mm-hmm. and through. You know, I wanted him to yeah. be a great-grandfather, same with my children, and just I could always envision him, like, he loved kids and just kissing them and tickling them and just mm-hmm. being there. And I'm always, like, my grandmother, she's 71, yeah. and... Do I need to hurry up and get married and have kids? And it's like, when it's time, it's time. It's no. Time. I think about that all the <laughs> yeah. time because my grand, my grandfather is still alive. And I see the way that he is with my baby. And it was like, she didn't miss nothing. Because that's her papa. You know what yep. I'm saying? He did like, I yep. remember I would come home um, from work because after when I first had her, I had to move back home. I didn't have no help. You know, me and her dad had just separated and I was like alone. You know, so I went back home. Well, with my grandparents, which was my home. And um, I remember like he just would do so much stuff for her, you know, have her watering the plant, the flowers outside. Like she, I come home, she got oil and dirt all over her. Like she was helping him change tires, like just so much stuff. And just watching their relationship was like, she didn't miss a beat. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's no telling what type of lifestyle my father would have still been living till this day. Because who's to say if he'd have been an active grandfather? I say exactly. that too. Who's to say if my dad would have probably went to prison? I, he was under indictment before he died. He could have did 10 to 20 years, you know, so you still could have not been there. You know what I mean? So, so many different measures you could think of yeah. what could have happened, what should have happened. And it's like, it, like you said, divine order. Yeah. It, it really I is. The, I, I really do believe in divine, in divine order. order. Like it, mm-hmm. it, Things happen the way they are absolutely supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Every interaction, everything that happens in your life is supposed to happen the way it's happening. And I would not take anything back in the world for my grandfather to be like, y'all over there fighting all the time. She moving over here. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Because my papa yeah. was so, and people say my soul is so old, but it's because I literally was the person that was nurture off cornbread greens. You know, back, you know, <laughs> sweet potato. Like, that is me. I am that yeah. grandkid that was at home watching Gunsmoke and Mash with my papa. And be like, y'all outside playing. Me and papa going to sit here and talk about his old stories in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yes. I love that he entrusted me with that. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that he told me about his his past um, demons that he fought, you know, being an alcoholic and wanting yeah. to be a better person, and just being so transparent with me as his as his grandchild, and me being and he him feeling comfortable. I think that I was truly his best friend. Yeah, I do. I feel that way, and I'm so um, like I said, I'm thankful for that. When my dad, I think that he was just a person that was just dealing with life and not knowing which way to go, and just the streets just was. You know, yeah, everybody was doing was it. He, yeah, yeah, everybody was doing true. it. Think about the times if you got like uncles or like his friends and stuff, they probably all still send their little nickel dimes a weed if they ain't still the dope, the real dope mm-hmm. man. You know, they all still yes. it's that's just you know, my 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 mother's brother went to prison for ten years and he is like a totally different person. Yeah. And I just I look at him and I I, I look and I'm like, You did a great thing. You got married, you had a baby, you go to work, you never had a job in your life. Mm. And you make a conscious effort every day at five in the morning to go to work because he said, I ain't never going back. Yeah. And you chose your daughter and you chose your wife and you also chose and your mom. He's breaking the cycle and not you even break, you, exa- And you chose your mother because you never want her to experience that again. Mm. And that alone is, and I probably should tell him his birthday Sunday. I think I should probably tell him that. You should. That, I, that your effort is not unnoticed. That I you see should. you making Give a conscious. Give people flowers while yeah. here. I think that we don't tell him enough that yeah. you are doing an amazing job. Coming from where you came from. Yeah. You know, being a young you man. You are. You're doing an amazing <laughs> Thank you. job. Coming well, from you are too, girl. From. We used to shit. Man. This was great. This was great. I'm hungry. I feel good. I'm hungry, too. <laughs> I was just about to say, in wrapping up. This was good. Um, this was great. You know, I want whoever was, is listening to just take from this that um, no matter what you've been through, it's beauty for ashes. It is. You I know? think I got a guy that can be your father, your uh, your yes. daddy issues. He's been, yes. He's I been all I, of that. I think I got a guy that could do that. For you, yeah. he has a pop. We have a podcast together too, okay. called The Breakdown. He's great. Um, his dad was in prison for a while. I think he might mm. be good. He has great. He's very articulate. So I think that'll be okay. a good conversation. I'm gonna help you do as I think that is something we all need to listen to. Yeah, coming from a male's perspective, mm-hmm. we all I believe from that. Us. I think so. Yeah, I you need know. to, and I always think about that too. Like I have a mentor. I brought him on too, and I was asking him like the um, the name of it was how to love a man, because mm. um, he's married. You know, like and he had been married previously, and he's older now, and he's just finally you know getting remarried and having children, and um. I just wanted to know, like, you know, because he lost his father and, you know, having experience losing his mother and all of these different things. And it's like we don't they don't really talk about that or they don't have figures who 
are comfortable and being vulnerable enough to talk about, you know, their pain and their trauma and unpacking that. Yeah. So, because um, men are supposed to have emotions and it's soft and they aren't supposed to be vulnerable, yeah. but it's like I want you to trust that. me. I need you to. Yeah. I need. I can't love you if you don't allow me to love you. Yeah. If you don't allow me to know what bothers you yeah. and understand what's going on. You can't just ghost me or just get upset and just yeah. go out here and just. You know, screw around because that's helping you get rid of the pressures. You know, we really yes. have to. Yes. Um, it's important to love a black man just as much as we want mm-hmm. him to love us too. You yeah. know, and I'm very adamant on that. Like, I don't want nobody with a black man, and I'm yeah. gonna figure it out. <laughs> you know, we gonna figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this was beautiful. This is definitely was. great. I would yeah. love to come back whenever. You got to. You have to. <laughs> this was um, amazing. Yeah, this was amazing. And I'm so glad I ain't cry because you gotta have been in ball my life. Uh, I, I felt it coming up me too. a couple of times. Me too. I'm like, I'm like this hey, let me up. breathe, let me breathe. It ain't gonna happen now. <laughs> but in closing, um, I just need you to drop a gem real quick to my listeners. Like, what's something that you want to leave with them um, today? I want everyone to know that it is okay to not have it all together. Um. You have to seek God and trust God in all things that you do. You can't come to him when you just need something. You have to thank him at all times, praise him at all times. But the most important thing is trusting him and releasing it to him. Oftentimes you want to be in control and um, it's not up to us. It is his will that shall be done. And it's okay to manifest what you want and still release it to him. Um, I'm dealing with that myself. And that's why I'm able to tell you guys that um, I want to be in control of everything. And I can't because that's not the way... the world is to be operated, you know, and yeah. it's whomever, um, but you, you I don't want to say give it to, is that an issue to girl? And I said Allah or God or whatever. It's the same, you know, it's still yeah. a higher spirit. It's the universe. You give it to him. Um, and you take life one day at a time. You will not always have it together. Love yourself for who you are and what you're not. And always know who you are more than anything. Yes. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love yes. it. Well, thank you so much thank again for for, um, for coming on here. I appreciate it so much. Um, shout it out one more time where they can follow you on social media. My Instagram handle is the E L L E M A T I C view. So that's the Elmatic view. Um, that's also my YouTube. Took a little break off YouTube and during this whole COVID thing, but I'm always on Instagram giving um, some type of feedback. I'm big into politics and things like that. So you can mm-hmm. always find me with those written commentary um, and some spiritual things and some ratchet things and all those things in between. All the makings of <laughs> all you. All the makings of me. And you have a, you have a YouTube show too. So yes. let them know where they can that tune is, in to that. That is the Elmatic View. Um, same thing on YouTube. I talk about all types of things. I'm currently working on my hip hop podcast, which is I'm sure they have no chaser, which is all things hip hop, all things black culture. I'm really big on just bigging up black people and making us aware and educate us as to who we are and not what society projects onto us, the real truth about who we are. And yeah. um, don't think that it's ghetto to wear your bamboo earrings or rock you a gold tooth. That is who we are. That yes. is our wealth. That is the essence of black. And that is my sole mission. It's one of my missions as well is to love everything you are as a black person. Yes, absolutely. Well, definitely go check my girl out. She is doing a lot of amazing things. And uh, I sell fur coats. <laughs> oh, yeah, girl, yes. Girl, you forgot to the businesses, that. yes. Yes, I love it. I yes, love it. Thank the, you. Millennials is, listen, girl, we killing it. If, okay? it's, go, if it's to be made, I'm going to make it. <laughs> and if a black girl made it, I want it. Period. Me right. <laughs> Period, okay, yes. So, um, but yes, and wrapping up again, I just thank you. This was great. And it I was. just pray that whoever hears this, they are blessed. 
by this. I know they will be because I was just blessed by Find this some healing. Yeah. Yes. For both of us, I think everybody listening. Well, that's a wrap. So thank you again for kicking it, coming back to kick it with me. And as always, if you have any feedback for me, um, any topics you would like for me to discuss, I'm always, you know, want to interact with my listeners. So um, make sure that you listen to the other episodes before this if you are a first time listener today. And I thank you for listening. And until next time, stay blessed. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet.